Hello and welcome to the Amanda Perry podcast, a weekly memo from my brain to yours. 20 minute brain slurp to listen to on your commute or run or while you're having a bath because honestly, who has an hour? Definitely not me. So the idea is a little bit from me and then a load from you. Every week I'll be asking for your questions on Instagram and I'll answer them on here giving you a little shout out along the way. <laughs> Welcome back to the Amanda Perry podcast. It is me, Amanda Perry, and I am here to bring you this week's podcast, which is questions from you guys. So maybe I need to update the intro. The idea of this podcast originally was that it was going to be like 10, 15 minutes from me and then and then I'd take um, questions and talk about what you guys need to know this week. But the last couple have been quite meaty. So I, I really don't want them to go on past that sort of 20, 30 minute mark because, you know, who's got time for that? Um, so I haven't been able to get any questions in, but I have got some this week. So I asked on Instagram and I also put it in the hub as well, in the Ecom Growth Hub um for people's questions and I have got some meaty ones actually a lot of the same sort of questions are coming up which is really interesting so I'll come on I'll come on to that um but the first one that I've got here is from Lucy McFarlane who says um, this isn't a proper question. Let me think about how I'm going to word this. So Lucy says, does expanding result in, so does growing your business result in becoming a business manager and no longer a creative? Or do you, do I think it's possible to do both? So I really, really think that it's possible to do both. Well, actually, I don't think it's possible to do both, but I don't think you have to, you have to do both. I think that a really good book for you to read, Lucy, and for everyone to read, and I talk about this all the time, but this is exactly what the book is about, is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Um, and it's a brilliant, brilliant book, and it's about creating processes and and the stories in it, the case studies are exactly this. They talk about um, this woman who has a pie shop and she loves making pies, and her family all say to her, "Well, she didn't have a pie shop. She loved making pies." Her family said to her, "You should sell these." She was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's a really good idea. I should sell these. Maybe people will buy them." And more and more people bought the pies and then she opened a pie shop and then more and more people bought the pies. And then she found that she was doing the thing that she was like the worst at. She was no longer making the pies. She was, you know, doing the accounts and the books and she was absolutely rubbish at it because she was really, really good at making pies and we can't all do everything, can we? So I think there's a few things here. One is to know what you're really good at. And if that's the creative part, how can you hang on to that? Like, what are the roles that you need in the business as you grow? You know, it can't just be you kind of making stuff and selling it and, you know, hoping that people are going to buy it. You need that marketing strategy in place. You need, you know, a bit of forward planning to to know what your goals are and where you're heading towards. Um, and you also need the the kind of bean counter side of it. So the people who are doing the the admin and the books and the finances. And it's very, very rare. It is possible. And some people 
I guess a blessed I don't know I don't I don't quite know how it works out but some people can do both things um some people really can I wonder if it's quite an interesting thought to think whether you can do both things really well or if you're just kind of okay at being creative and okay at at being the kind of it's left brain isn't it or right brain whichever side it is uh, I'm definitely creative. I'm terrible at attention to detail. I'm terrible at um, uh, planning. I'm terrible at anything like that. Processes I'm awful at. But I know that now. I didn't know that. I've had business absolute heartache, like gut-wrenching heartache through business because I didn't know that and I didn't know who I needed to 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 make a full team to kind of make to help me do what I am really good at which is the vision the creativity coming up with new ideas building a team kind of leading them you know and 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 that's the stuff that I'm really good at and when you once you understand that then you start to see the stuff you're not so good at which is fine by the way um and then you hire for that you know and you have to find the right person another really good book that I've been banging on about as well recently is uh rocket fuel by oh gino wickman i think it's i think it's called rocket fuel it's an orange cover and this is about exactly this so some people might um might be a bit small for this it might kind of uh be be a bit too far in the future in terms of it might not be helpful it might be a bit more overwhelming than it is helpful but the book's about this kind of rocket fuel combination of having the visionary and the integrator. So you can't run a business without both of them. And he talks about some of the greatest partnerships like Disney and Ford and, you know, the the visionary integrator role there. And there's, there's a really interesting quiz in the book, which will tell you. I'd be really surprised if after reading the first episode, you didn't know which one you, you are. But just in case you don't, there's a quiz to tell you which one you are. And even just thinking about that, and he talks about the um your org chart in a really different way so he talks about it in terms of an accountability chart so rather than these kind of set departments you're thinking what are people actually accountable for and what's that contribution to the business so as I say definitely not relevant to I'm sure everyone who's reading who's listening to this and thinking about the people in the hub definitely not relevant to everyone there um, but for those people who are looking to grow a team, I would really, really recommend. So two books, E-Myth and um, Rocket Fuel, really good books. Uh, oh, this one's from Paul from Spiffy, the happiness shop. Um, what's the biggest mistake you made and what did it teach you? Wow, how far do I go back for this? <laughs> I have made so many mistakes. Let's talk about a really recent mistake that I haven't actually kind of really talked about publicly or really gone into the details of, which was the planner that we just launched. So uh, towards the end of last year, I kind of had this idea in the night and I went into, I think we we're in the office at the time or maybe still working remotely said I've had a great idea let's do this planner like people need this they need that accountability they need to be able to track their revenue these are all the things we need in it like we had these meetings and and rather than kind of going back to Lucy's question rather than doing what I should have done which is 
to go through the people who know how to plan a project and know how to, you know, keep everything accountable. I went to another creative in the team. We kind of designed this this planner, took it on as this whole project, got it um, designed. And so we did the initial doc, got it all designed. Absolutely beautiful. I was like, oh, I'm so proud of it. Like these colors are just amazing. And uh, the stuff in here is going to be so helpful for people. Like you can really track, you know, it's really reminding you to track your insights and your revenue and like breaking down your the contribution of revenue from your website or from marketplaces or wherever you're selling this is really really helpful stuff um so we sent it out so we proof proof copy from the uh, designer who we work with amazing designer fanny williams and as she, she, I kind of opened it. I was like, I love it. I absolutely love it. Again, completely forgetting that I have zero attention to detail. And the other creative that I was working on, on the, with uh, with on the project, um, also that probably isn't their area of expertise either. Completely kind of sidelining all of the people that we have in the team that are process people and would have gone through it with a fine tooth comb. Um, sent it off to the printers, absolutely like so happy with ourselves that we turned it around, got this amazing product that I was so excited to get in people's hands. Um, and got the proof back from the printers. Yep, good to go. We've already proofed it. Don't worry, all good got the copies in our hands, sold the copies, we were so happy. And then we got some emails back saying, you do realise like you've got New Year's Day on New Year's Eve and and the 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 it got completely misaligned somewhere along the process. It got misaligned. Um so a lot of the kind of key dates were won out. And then there was an extra day and like there was mistakes like <laughs> there, these aren't even mistakes that were like, it's fine. We can put in an amended page or we can, you know, when we because because the dates are misaligned and they're all misaligned by a day. But there's like 30 dates that are out. So, you know, not such a success and a real mess came from it because we'd sold a load of them and then we realized the mistake and I just said we've got to do the right thing here I need to I value my sleep at night so we just refunded everyone and said keep them everyone was just so nice emailing back saying no that's not fair they're brilliant we love them like just give us a you know 10% dis uh, reduction like refund or something um, but we made the decision by then. So we refunded everyone and then we've sold them as seconds because we've got this stack of planners and what are you going to do? You know, we either bin them, which is a waste of money for us and really, really terrible for the environment, or we sell them off as seconds, which is what we've done. And we're getting some amazing, like people love them because they're really, really helpful. A lot of people aren't even using the kind of diary aspect of it because, you know, most people have online calendars and that kind of thing. So the dates kind of don't really matter. We've just been really upfront and honest. We had one lady who I'm, I'm going to assume was having a really, really bad day who said she thought it was disgusting and how dare we sell them. They should be in the bin um and that she was considering working with the agency um but this level of kind of lack of attention to detail has has really put her off which you know 
that's fair enough, isn't it? But I, I stand by our decision. I think we've done the right thing. We've been really honest at every point. Um, and so the question from Paul, what's the biggest mistake you made and what did it teach you? So that was a huge mistake recently. We lost loads of money through it. Lost, you know, it was stressful, like trying to work out the right thing to do. Like, what is the right thing to do in that situation? We kind of sold this product. I was really, really happy. Um, you know, it was the first product we kind of put out for a while. Um, and then realized that we'd really messed up and it really kind of takes the the wind out of your sails um but I think that the way that we dealt with it we were really upfront and honest and now selling them a seconds we've also been really upfront and honest we've given like the list of of dates that are wrong um and that's all you can do isn't it I think what did it teach me was that I should have I should have gone through the proper channels and not rushed rushed it and just looked at the colors and the pretty bits which is what I tend to do <laughs> Yeah, I think that was the biggest lesson that I have a team now and I shouldn't just kind of go off and go off on a tangent and have these crazy ideas and bring them to life because they always come and kick me in the butt somehow. And and I guess the lesson is is honesty, isn't it? Just be honest with people. I know that literally like one person um emailed to say that. In fact, she hadn't even got the planner. She'd just seen the list of dates and and that's what would really upset her. So you know, hope she's having a better day. Um, yeah, so that was a big mistake. That's what it taught me. And we will be doing a planner this year and we'll be planning it much better. And it will be uh, proofread by the right people. And yeah, it won't be me involved in those last stages. I'll be involved in the beginning stages, making sure it's got the content it needs and it looks good and people are going to really get loads of value from it. So I hope that answers your question, Paul. Please, uh, I know that you do a much better job on your your journals and calendars than I did on that one. Uh, Stevie J says, does the fun disappear? I'm going to link all these businesses in the, um, in the show notes, by the way. Please do go and check them out. I'm going to link their Instagrams for you. Uh, does the fun disappear if you grow too big? What a question. That's huge, isn't it? I think it... Um, it kind of relates to the first one, doesn't it? I think it's about really knowing what is fun to you, what mean, what makes running your business fun. Um, and by understanding that, I think you can make sure that it never disappears. It makes sure. So I've been in businesses where that have grown too big. I've had businesses that have grown too big. And my God, did the fun disappear, you know, the fun disappeared pretty quickly if I'm really brutally honest um because I had no idea what I was doing I was naive and you know it was like first businesses and I like completely the wrong team like a terrible terrible team um because I didn't understand what I was trying to build and I didn't understand what my strengths were and I didn't understand I I, I guess I kind of thought that uh stress and all that stuff was just a part of it and you just you just it's just kind of to be expected but now doing it right and loving what I do and loving my team and having exactly the right people that we've you know planned for and um 
kind of you know had had like our org chart so we know exactly who we need at which point um means that the fun doesn't disappear for me so even even now while there's like key people in the team off on on leave and various like away from the business um it doesn't fall to me like even the stuff I hate just doesn't fall to me because we have people in place and we have a team so I think the answer for me is no I guess some people would say yes but I would I'd be keen to have that discussion with them about how they've how they've planned for that growth and who they've got you know who their key players are so so no the short answer is no I don't think it does have to and if it does disappear it's probably a sign if the fund does disappear sorry it's probably a sign that you have got something a bit wrong need need to go back a step or two uh marcus craft says when's the best time to outsource customer service how do you make sure the person acts according to your vision tone of voice brand values etc how much freedom do you give and how do you set up a system that works yeah great question really really good question and one that is asked a lot in the hub and you know i, I see people asking this question a lot I think the best time is just before you hit breaking point. <laughs> when you get to the point, I really would wait to the point where you're like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And whether that's, that could be for a couple of reasons. So it could be time-wise. It could also be um, mental health-wise or just kind of actual bandwidth-wise. If it's if it's time wise, you will know you'll know that you're slipping a bit. You're not getting back to customers as quickly as you should. People are starting to complain a bit more. You're not keeping on top of all the different platforms. My God, there's so much to keep on top of, isn't there? Um, so I I do think you'll know. The better question is, or the 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 first question is handing it over so how how do you make uh how do you make sure the person acts according to your vision tone of voice brand values etc and this all comes down to your systems and your processes and again if you're creative this you've probably fallen asleep already but it is so important i cannot tell you how important this stuff is and i have worked with vAs before i've jumped into working with vAs and thinking they're the solution to the problem and while a lot of people most vAs i would let's say all vAs i'm sure there's there's some bad apples but all vAs i've ever worked with have fantastic skills but it's not their job to define your processes. They could come in and see, um, you know, what you've written on your website or what you've what you've got on your socials, what kind of content you share and kind of have a stab at your tone of voice. But there's going to be words that you see that you're like, I wouldn't say that, you know, that's not a word that I would use or that's not a phrase I would use or that's not how we speak, refer to our customers. So this this really falls to you, Marcus, and everyone else who's at this stage of going right back. So the first the first thing you've said is vision. You need to be really clear on your vision. And depending on who it is you're bringing into the business depends on whether you're going to take them along on that vision for you if you're or if you're just paying for a service. So often if you're outsourcing, it kind of falls into the paying for a service category. Although there are a lot of VAs that, you know, really will 
kind of commit to the business if you're not hiring someone in-house often it's 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 kind of a, a service transaction um so in that case you do need to provide them with tone of voice documents brand values like templates for emails all of that stuff just make it as simple as possible and coming back to the first part of the question when's the best time to outsource please don't do not outsource until you have this stuff set up and it doesn't have to be complicated it's almost um you know it's never too early to start this stuff it's almost better just to start it now start writing down as you do stuff just write it down just make a note of what you're doing so you can go back and write the process and a process really is just a fancy way of saying you know responding to customer emails first of all i read the email what is it they do i know dean who i talk about a lot on here has amazing flow charts set up for this kind of thing so is it a complaint yes or no what do you do in that case is it a return yes or no what do you need to check to kind of verify that it's a, it's a, a you know a return that you're happy to accept and then what's the action from that so a flow chart's a good way to do it another way is just a list but when it comes to emails, I really would recommend having templates set up and looking at systems like I know a lot of people use um, Gorgeous and that kind of thing where you can set up the templates and it does a lot of this for you. I know it's 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 on the pricier side, but when you compare it to um, the time it would take and what you pay someone, I, th I think it pretty much works out. So I hope that helps uh, there. Let me just have a look at this other one. So Jen Wright says, recruiting and managing staff, who do you recruit first and how do you manage them as the business grows and their role develops? Yeah, this is another one. This is kind of touches on all of these questions really about, you know, we don't start businesses to become managers, do we? Or become trainers or, you know, have to review staff. Um, so I think it comes back to, well, there's a couple of things, recruiting and managing staff. We use um, Mentor Live, which is a system, a platform that is um, provided from NatWest, and it's absolutely brilliant. I'm not sure of the cost off by off the top of my head, but I think the first one, the lower level, starts at about forty pounds a month. It's really reasonable, and um, um, basically you get access to there's levels so the first level is you get access to a kind of um, call center of advisors you don't have a, a, a individual advisor to speak to we're on the next level up which I think is about 80 pounds a month it's still not crazy um, and we have someone a, a kind of personal um, advisor that we work with in there so if we have any issues any staff issues any contracts employee handbook all of that HR nightmare stuff is just looked after for us by them and we we have a direct contact and we can just speak to them and they will get involved and there's loads and loads of benefits to it I'm not sponsored by them so I'm not going to start selling it to you but if you're looking at recruiting staff I would really 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 recommend something like that I think FSB do a similar thing um, but we use mentor so I haven't used the FSB one so I can't recommend it who do you recruit first and how do you manage them as the business grows and their role develops? So this really comes down to the idea of this org chart and thinking about, I know it sounds really corporate, but really thinking about who it is you need next. What are the jobs 
that you love and what are the jobs that you want to continue doing and so what are the jobs that you don't love and you need someone else to do and then you start looking at what level is that person so say for example Jen if you're if you're the creative in your business and you really need someone to come in and do um, the kind of ops side of stuff. So, you know, admin, like making sure the business is running. And I know this sounds a bit grand if it's just you and this one other person, but you really do need to know what your strengths are. So you're recruiting for your weaknesses. And you would also be, you know, if you were looking to recruit, it's not realistic for you to take on, uh, an apprentice or someone f- straight out of college or something you need someone to come to you with experience and that's obviously gonna cost more than it would if it was someone without experience but then you start looking at your budgets and what you can afford and maybe it's a case of taking someone on a couple of days a week to help out with that stuff very often the first hire will be customer service and these kind of jobs that we really need to get out of you know I always think about these I call them like £10 an hour jobs. It's probably £15 an hour or something now. But, you know, these £10 an hour jobs, as business owners, we should not be doing. Our our skill and our vision and our creativity and our, our time is too valuable. You know, time is, is a finite resource, isn't it? You can make more money. Time is is really the only thing that we can't make more of. So get out of that inbox, get out of those £10 an hour jobs that you can get someone else to do. And I say this a lot, but I think a lot of people think I'd rather pay myself that money, you know, money's a bit tight. But but I would really ask you to think rather than the, the cost, the kind of monetary cost, think of the opportunity cost, like what could you do with those hours free? And and maybe start tracking your hours, tracking track what you're doing with your time. There's some really good apps. Um, Harvest is one and uh, Toggle, I think, is another one. There's some really good apps that will help you kind of track your time, maybe track your time over a week and look at if you're spending three hours a day in your emails, in customer service, and you might think I'm not, but you'd be really surprised because you're not in and out and being efficient with it because you're trying to do a million other things at once. It could be that those jobs are really leaking into each other. So I would start tracking your time for a while and I would really start thinking about how uh, how much time you're spending on these jobs and what you could be doing with that time. So if you're spending an hour in uh, sorry three hours a day in your inbox because you're trying to fit it in between all these other tasks that might be one hour or two hours for a VA it might be like a, a one or two hour a day job that they can pop in do the work sorted and then they pop in the next day and pick up you know the the rest of the emails sorted and and that's that bit done so it might be that you you've got some real inefficiencies by trying to do everything and think about the opportunity cost of what you could be doing if you had someone else doing that stuff and it's not just time is it as I said earlier it's like bandwidth mental health you know seeing people how is how is seeing that email of someone accusing you of you know ruining their birthday or Christmas impacting on your creativity in the business I think it's really important to look at the bigger picture and not just that oh, you know, £10 an hour, £15 an hour, I could pay myself that, or, you know, it's just my time, I can do it. So I hope that 
helps. I'm going to pick one question from Instagram because I haven't even got onto those yet. Let me just have a look at... Uh, so Donegal Living, great question that I think is relevant to a lot of people here. What should you do or not do when loads of your competitors start copying you? Great question, relevant to a lot of people. And you'll be pleased to know it's really easily fixed. You just ignore them. And right, okay, I'm going to quantify this actually, or qualify this, sorry. It depends what you do. So if you if you produce a product that is, you know, trademarked, you've got a patent, all that kind of stuff, you obviously, if they're copying you, you go down that route. You go down that route and you take legal action and you send cease and desist and you kind of go down that, go down that route. Similarly, if you are an artist and they've ripped off your work if there's any kind of copyright or licensing or patent involved this this advice doesn't apply to you you need to go down the proper channels like you need to deal with this properly if I'm thinking of the people there's some people I work with who do fairly generic kind of gift items and they'll produce something and as soon as it's produced there's you know 100 copies of it on on Etsy And my advice to them is no one is you like no one had they can copy your product. They can copy your style. They can copy your, you know, your uh, the colors on your website. They can never copy your vision. So if they're copying you, they're always going to be one step behind. Um, And I think you need to be really confident in that and I feel like there is you know one of the one of the best things that that sets people apart with this kind of thing and one of the things I'm always encouraging people to do is to really put themselves at in the center of their brand so really start building a personal brand within your brand let people associate you with with your brand no one can copy that no one can copy your personality your sense of humor how you engage with your audience there's some people who do a brilliant job of this so um Harriet from Space Masks come to comes to mind straight away she does an amazing job of this you know she's selling a space mask in a packet it's one product yes they sell really really well but it really wouldn't take much for someone to copy the idea certainly I don't know what what copyright she's got around the the kind of um build of the product but you know it really wouldn't take much to 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 kind of copy in air quotes the idea but she is at the center of her brand she's on stories all the time and she tells these uh, amazing like stories of her day and keeps people entertained and engaged and stuff and that really sets her apart. People are really, really loyal to her because of that. So there's loads of other examples. Steph from Don't Buy Flowers. You know, there's these businesses that are inherently easy to copy. Don't Buy Flowers is is a gift box business. But because Steph has such a loyal following and people love her and really relate to her and they become really, really loyal advocates of the brand. So... I feel like this is a bit of a mindset thing over, you know, that kind of negative mindset 
of oh people are copying me and how can I stop them copying me rather than kind of looking on the flip side of that and thinking how am I going to differentiate myself so it doesn't matter if people copy me you know I have I'm not saying anyone copies me but I have an agency like there's millions and millions of agencies in the world why do people choose us it's because we set ourselves apart we make it really clear that we're you know honest and transparent and we we provide really good support and we kind of fill in the areas that we see other agencies fall short on so it's it's really making a, a you know a song and dance about the great things that you're doing rather than looking over your shoulder and seeing who's kind of coming up behind you just focus on focus on your lane focus on what you're doing and you know really make sure I would really consider I don't know if you do apologies if you do already but I would really consider putting your face to the brand, telling your story, getting out there. I promise it's not as scary as it sounds if you're if you're not already doing this. Just thinking a bit cleverer, you know, just thinking how can I stay ahead of the competition? They as I said, they can copy whatever they want, but they can never copy your vision. So, yeah, I'd be really confident about that. Anyway, I'm at 32 minutes. I'm sure you've heard more than enough of my voice and you're sick to death of me droning on now. So I'm going to let you go, get on with your day. Thank you to everyone that's listened and everyone that sent a question in. I'm sorry I didn't get through them all. I think I was uh, I think I was being a bit optimistic there, but I really hope some of those answers um, helped you if you're in a similar position. Keep the questions coming. Feel free to... Uh, drop me questions on DM on Instagram and I'll save them up for the podcast and if you're in the hub you know that I ask in there anyway if you're considering joining the hub it's still £79 a month until at least the end of lockdown and the kids go back to school if you come in on £79 you'll always pay that as well so I'd really recommend joining if growth is one of your goals this year thanks so much for listening this week I really hope you enjoyed it If you did enjoy it, make sure you subscribe. And if you really enjoyed it, I'd love a review as well. It really helps other people find us. Have a brilliant week and I will speak to you next week. Take care.